0: So today, uh, we're talking about moving into our failures. And uh, this comes out of kind of conversations that we've had in a small group uh, that I'm in uh, about creativity and um, learning how to fail or uh, being able to fail or being free to fail and how that actually makes us more creative people. Every once in a while, you have to clean out your refrigerator. And the reason you have to do this is because we forget about things, right? We forget about that mustard uh, or that that left those leftovers that we were gonna eat uh, from an, a night out, and gradually, you know, you put your leftovers in, or you put. Uh, for me, it might be some sort of Korean side dish like kimchi. So you know, if that starts rotting, it's gonna really, really smell, right? So we put that in the fridge, and. You know, the things of everyday life, the necessities, the food of necessities, take precedence, right? We put the milk in front of it, then the Diet cocos in front of it, and the cream <laughs> cheese, and the butter. And gradually, that, let's just call it kimchi, that jar of kimchi moves further and further and further and further back in the refrigerator. And it's out of your line of sight. When you open up the fridge, it's out of your line of sight. You forget about it. Out of sight, out of mind, until... You clean the refrigerator, you're going back, and you're like, what is that smell? What is that smell? And you see that what once was reddish-orange Korean delight is now brown and black and moldy, and there's spores growing around it, and it just reeks, and you're like, oh, yeah, I was going to eat that. Um, And you have to toss it out. Or maybe you try it out first, oh, it's no good. (laughs) Um, But I think for us, sometimes um, the child in us, right? Our imagination, our creativity gets lost in the refrigerator, right? It gets shoved back behind responsibility, behind work, behind being mature, behind uh, the need to perform, the need to put bacon uh, on the table, the need to um, be ed- become educated, the need to just be an adult, right? And it goes further, deeper and deeper and deeper into the refrigerator of our hearts, the refrigerator of our minds, until it becomes out of sight, out of mind, and we lose touch with that uh, that extravagant, the extravagance of our- ourselves, right? The creative part of ourselves, the imaginative part of ourselves, the childlike part of ourselves. And this isn't just coming out of my mind, right? In scripture, Jesus says, let the children come to me. The disciples are like being stiff adults. They're like, don't let them come. The children, they're too loud, right? And Jesus is like, no, 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 right? Let them come. That's the, this We are too important, right, to let the children come. Because in fact, you got to be like these children. you have to have childlike faith in order to go into the kingdom of heaven. Right? And so we see that there's uh, something valuable, even in the kingdom of, in the context of the kingdom of heaven uh, of being a child being childlike, having a certain humility and openness of heart. and uh, I think one of the things that really gets in the way of that for us, uh, it became clear to me uh, when I just was a little more self-aware of my interactions with my own children. I was like, what are the most common phrases I say to my children? Right? Can you guess? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. No, Isaiah! Stop, Isaiah! No! Stop! No! Ah! Stop! I'm like, man. If I had a boss that said that to me, I'd be like, yeah, it would be the worst job in the world, right? And so, from the get-go, as we're children, and don't get me wrong, like kids need to be told no, right? <laughs> Otherwise, they're gonna die, um, or run into the street, or something, do something crazy. But, um, but I think. Um, If that's, like as we're growing up into adulthood, we've been told a lot of times, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, stop, 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 don't do that. Um, But maybe the thing that we hear less about is you can do that. Right? Go, try it out. Go, take a risk. The adventure. Oh, I don't know. Maybe you can do that. Right? Why don't you test it out? And um, so I did a little experiment the last couple weeks with my children, uh, with Isaiah in particular, just um, and rather than saying no, like right off the bat for everything, engaging with them more in, in child play, right? Engaging with his play and just saying, hey, okay, you, you want to jump off, the, see if you can jump off the roof with an umbrella when it's windy and maybe you'll fly like Mary Poppins? Sure, my initial response is no, right? But, you know, you can do like a pretend thing, jump off the couch with this umbrella and see what happens. And and his eyes would sparkle, right? And the interaction would become deep and creative and imaginative. And there are so much more possibilities of how we can interact even as father and son with that type of openness, with openness. Setting the no, the initial no aside and saying, oh, possibility, possibility. Um, And I think we grow up with those no's um, and and we develop an almost an idolatry of a fear of failure. Does that make sense? The opposite of that is we have an idolatry towards success because that's what we're groomed for. That's what we're trained to be, to be successful. Um, in the world sense. And so in that kind of being groomed for success and to do things, you know, go through school, get a good education, get good grades, go to a good college, or whatever it is, be excellent, be excellent, be excellent, we develop actually an internal fear of failure. And that fear of failure comes out in perfectionism, right? So for me, even in elementary school, I was competitive when it came to homework and grades. So there, there was this girl named Anna Tobias in third grade. And, you know, some people said she was the smartest kid in class. And some people said I was the smartest kid in class, right? <laughs> the boys said I was the smartest kid in class. And the girls said Anna Tobias was the smartest kid in class. And so we'd always have assignments in class. Um, and um, both of us would work as fast as we can, and then we'd, like, run to the teacher's desk to turn it in <laughs> the fastest. And, and then someone pointed out like, you guys are probably the same fastness, but Anna Tobias has better handwriting. And I was like, oh, right? Like, you did it messily. Um, but anyways, I was competitive. And part of that came out of, we moved around a lot growing up. As a child, I went to many, many, many different schools. And the way that I found acceptance and worth Right? and felt good about myself is through performance. Right? When the new teacher saw my transfer papers and saw my grades coming in from another school, they'd be like, I could see the smile, like, oh, I'm getting a good kid right, from this other school. And so that kind of built in me a sense of like, yes, you know, this is what I am. And so that went all through college. Well, college, I kind of played around a lot. And, I could have studied more. Um, but in grad school, I was like, I would freak out. You know, like, I need to write this perfect paper and get, I must get an A on this. I must, right? Even though I'm a father, I'm pastor of a church, I, I'm a husband, right? There are more important things, right, than getting a grade on this paper. Just learn. Just learn the stuff. Janice would always tell me, learn the stuff. Don't worry about the paper. Don't worry about the grade. But the grade, the grade, the grade. And we all, if you're out of school, you all still have those dreams, right? Who has those dreams? Where you're dreaming like, oh my gosh, there's a big paper or test due, and I haven't even started it. And you're like sweating. And then you wake up and you're like, oh, I'm out of school, <laughs> right? That's it right there. That's that perfectionism. That's that fear of failure that's still inside, and it's a nightmare, right? We have those nightmares still, it's so ingrained in us. I'm here to say that there's benefits to failure, and I'm not new in saying this, like I looked through a lot of TED Talks and stuff, there's all this stuff about failure, and then J.K. Rawlings, uh, the author of um, Harry Potter, has a Harvard commencement speech where she talks about the fringe benefits of failure, but I wanted to talk a little bit about the benefits of failure. So here's a list. But the first one is failure gives us clarity. It helps us accept the reality of the situation and focus on the issues at hand, right? So so when we fail or when we hit a crisis point, we have to face the facts, right, the reality of where we are. And maybe you have an overblown sense, right, an impractical or ideal picture of how things are going you're like yes things are going great until that failure comes and we face the reality and we begin to have to accept it but it gives us a focus on the real issues does that make sense uh, secondly failure develops resilience so we can face future difficulties with less fear we can face our fears, overcome and live with greater vision. Right. I think fear in a the, in the Christian faith sense, fear is probably the opposite of faith, right? It's not doubt is not the opposite of faith. Fear is the opposite of faith. right When we fear, we, it inhibits us from acting out into vision, with faith, right And vision is. That seeing a better tomorrow, seeing a better way that things can be, and walking towards that. That's the Christian hope. That's the Christian faith, right? We walk to and live like there's a better tomorrow, that there's a better way to do things, that Jesus reigns, that he's real, that people can be healed, that communities can be transformed, that his spirit can make this place a new place. That's vision. But fear makes us go, oh, I don't know. I don't wanna take a step, I don't wanna take a risk. Um, so failure develops a resilience against that fear. Not that the fears will go away, but we're, we get tougher, right? So we can, we can face our fears and we can overcome and live with greater vision. Thirdly, when we succeed, we tend to keep doing the same thing, right? If things are going well, we're going, oh, it's because of what we're doing, right? If you're fishing, with a yellow... fishermen are perfect for this, right? Someone's like not catching anything. You see someone in the next boat, man, they're pulling in fish after fish. What do you? What do they ask? What are you using? Oh, I'm using the chartreuse spinner bait, right? And they're like, oh, I'll get my chartreuse spinner bait. But this guy who's always uses, who's catching all the fish, he's gonna always use that chartreuse spinner bait, right? Because as long as he's catching fish, he's going to keep doing it the same way, the same way, the same way. And when we succeed, we tend to do that do things like we always did until we become set in tradition and rigidness. But in failure, we are forced to adapt and change right We're forced to look at things differently, try new things, to experiment and that, Willingness or need to adapt and change um, lends to creativity. Okay. That's the soul and heart of creativity. And artistry. Um, and then failure gives us freedom. We're made humble and we're set free from the need to be perfect. That, the perfectionism that hounds us, that inhibits us, that makes us sick in our heart. Uh, We're made free. In the Christian sense, in the biblical sense, uh, failure puts us in a place to receive grace, to receive God's grace, Jesus' grace. And in his grace, we're set free. Right? We're given a new identity. Amen, are you with me? So the next slide is about notable figures. Failures people who f- have failed so we all know Oprah right mega rich awesome like top show person uh, Her first job at a TV station news station um, She was fired by her producer uh, Because it was said she was unfit for television boy were they wrong like, it's like what? Uh, I've mentioned JK Rowling uh, before Harry Potter Potter was published uh, She was divorced uh, a single mother, jobless, um, and homeless. She had to go, she moved to go live with her, one of her siblings, um, before publishing Harry Potter. And then all 12 <laughs> major uh, publishers in rejected Harry Potter before a, like, a really small publishing house took it on, gave her like 1,700 pounds or something like that, and they only published 1,000 books. But now, I mean, the Harry Potter it's like, series is like, it's an empire. right? Um, and now I heard that she was going to write another one. And so people are like, oh, I thought she was done, but she's going to write another one, right? We're eating it up. Uh, Walt Disney, of all people, was fired from the Kansas City Star paper because he, quote, lacked imagination and had no good ideas. Okay. <laughs> And then Michael Jordan, arguably the best basketball player ever, was actually cut from his high school basketball team. So those are some notable failures. And they all were successes, ultimately. Uh, that, that's not necessarily the point. The point is, in their failures, it didn't stop them. right? It changed them, somehow, for the better. And the other thing is, the world doesn't define... Our success, right? The world doesn't define what is the success and failure. Jesus defines who we are. Amen. Um, so, Luke fifteen—it's actually the lectionary passage, and this is my heart passage. So, I've preached a lot on this, and you guys have all heard the steam rice talk and all that stuff. So, it's—you know—I'm not going to do that, but I want to. Just kind of look at this passage because it's a really it's the parable of the prodigal son, the lost son, in Luke 15. Um, But I'm going to read to you a snippet of it, starting in verse 20 in Luke 15. So he got up and went to his father, but while he was still while he was still a long way off, his father saw him, and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. So this is a, a biblical example, this story in the New Testament of someone who epically failed, right? This prodigal son, this young son, basically wanted to grow up quickly and be an adult, his own man, be his own adult, wanted to leave his father's house, said to his own father before his father was even close to dying, said, give me my share of the inheritance of what I would get if you were to die. So I can go out and be my own man. And he goes out like all, a lot of young people, right? We want to strike it out, right? We want to do it on our own, right? We know better than mom and dad. And he does it, uh, but then he spends all of his money. He squanders it on wild living. And while he had money, he was like, drinks all around. Like he had all the friends in the world. But as soon as his money ran out, boom, people left them, right? And as a side note, you know who your true friends and your true family are, right? When you're in crisis, right? When you've hit, uh, when you've failed, right? Because people love us when we're successes, right? People love us when things are going well. But when we fail, it's like, where are my friends? Where, where are these people? And this kid hits rock bottom and he's deserted. Everyone deserts him. And it's interesting that scripture says when when he came to his senses, right, he returned home. And the piece that I wanna kind of draw out of this is that um, our freedom from the idolatry of success Uh, freedom from the fear of failure is actually us returning home, right? We need to go back home, right? We need to reach back in that refrigerator and get the rotten kimchi, right? And repurpose it, right? We need to return, maybe that wasn't a good analogy. (laughs) We need to return home, right? We need to come to our senses and sometimes uh, the failures that we have in our lives are opportunities to hit us, to slap us on the face and say, "Come to your senses, right? You've lost who you are. You've lost your true self. You've lost who God has made you and created you to be, and you're doing something else, right? And you're like banging your head and you're striving and you're striving." He used Shana's word from last week: "Striving and you're striving." but you're not flourishing, right? You're not in your element. You're not living in freedom. You're not living with that child, childlike wonderment and awe and openness. You're not living with creativity. You're not using the, the real gifts that God has given you, right? because you're out there like, ah. And the call is to come to your senses and come back home. Let go let go and let God, (laughs) let go and let God. Um, Because when we come back home, we will be surprised. Look at this, the son even's like, if I go back home, I'll be like one of my father's servants at least, right? He's kind of already like measuring out like the amount of uh, stuff he can get back like he's cutting his losses. I'll go back home. I can be like a servant. But his father blows away every conception of who he is or how things should be. Right? This is the radical grace of Jesus Christ, it's the radical grace of the father that when we return home, right? It's more we receive more than we ever thought or could imagine. Right? Right, God doesn't tease us. God doesn't give his heart to us in pieces. Right? The father here doesn't give his heart in pieces. He says, No, kill the fatted calf. Let's throw a party. Right? Put the cloak on him, put the family ring on him. Let's throw a party. Right? That's grace. That's returning home. That's freedom. And then you imagine what he felt like. He came home like this, glory, right? And he's he's coming back like, yes, right? I have been restored. I am restored to who I am in God, right? And all of that failure, all of the sin, right, the guilt and shame that he has is taken away. And he's brought into freedom, not because of him, but because of the gracious love of the Father. Amen? He was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he was found. And we need to stop being dead, right? We need to stop being lost. We were made for so much more. And I think artists, right, the artists in the room, where you at, where you at? Um understand this in a deep sense, right? When you hit that writer's block or that design block, design block, musical block, whatever block it is, it's like, oh, where is that? How do I get back to that creativity, right? And and we know that for me in writing, I know that the harder I strain and strive, right? The worse it's gonna become. I gotta get back, where's that creativity? And it's like, even athletes, I need to run faster. But you tense up, right? And it actually inhibits creativity. We are free to fail because of the grace of God. And the idea that we can succeed without God's grace is an illusion anyways, right? We need to float, Knowing that God's got your back, God's got your back. Right, you're never gonna be in a place where you can't be brought back. You're never gonna be in a place where you're gonna be lost forever. Come home into, ar- into the arms of love. Come home into the Father's arms. Right, because we the world would tell us. And we tell ourselves enough lies, anyways, right? I tell myself I'm too stupid, right? I'm too. I'm too ugly. I'm not good enough. I'm not. I'm not smart enough. I'm not this. I'm not that. You know, all the time, and we play the comparison games. Not this. Not that. Not this. Not that. Not this. Not that. But we can be a community of freedom. Amen this can be a different type of community where people they walk in and they just smell something different it's refreshing right it's not about oh what do you do right or how, how much money you make or how much of a baller you are yeah how much bling bling you have for pastors how how big is your th- i hate that question how big's your church well, big's your church, you know. <laughs> then I say, how deep is the spirituality of you people? <laughs> it's like, how do you answer that? <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> right? it's like, I'm taking this whole group and using it as a weapon against someone else. It's like, stupid. <laughs> right? All of that's, be free. We need to be free. Free to fail. Because when you're free to fail, you got nothing to lose. And that's where the Harry Potters come out, right? The creativity flows, and we can try things and be childlike, right? We can imagine again. We can do crazy things. Amen? Let's pray.